Hey guys, it's Rebecca Price. I hope that you're doing great. I hope that you're having a wonderful day today. And uh, thankful again for another day, another day to um, serve the Lord, another day to worship Him, just another day. Thankful for another day. Um, I hope you guys are doing great. I hope you guys are doing wonderful, and I hope you're having an excellent Tuesday. Um, thank you to all the followers and listeners. I hope you guys are encouraged and that you guys learn uh, something, grow closer in your relationship with the Lord. I say that always because I, I that's that's the whole purpose of this is for you to grow in the Lord. So uh, I want to um, talk about something today, and I want to look at a portion of a scripture that you know it's interesting. And I, I thank the Lord for this because I'm going through the New Testament and reading books. And I've, I'm reading books of the Bible I've read before, but I'm reading them with new eyes. And that's only something the Lord does. And I praise the Lord for that because there are things that I've noticed that I didn't notice before. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we'll, we'll, we'll read it fast and we'll go over things fast. Um, and I'm really taking my time to really slow down and look and see what a verse says and even go back and look it up and stuff like that. And I'm not saying this to brag or boast or anything like that. Um, I'm actually, it's actually a very humbling thing for me because I, I feel like um, I didn't, you know, there's a difference in reading the Bible and studying the Bible. And I feel like a lot of times in my life I've read it, but I haven't studied it. Like I've read it, I've read passages, but I'm, you know, being 36 years old now, there's a lot of things I'm starting to see that I missed that I didn't pay attention to in regards to context. And there's a lot of details that I missed in regards to stories and, and things like that. And so it's almost like, you know, as a child, I'm, I'm reading things again new for the first time. And it's humbling because I, I, I say to myself, there's a lot that I feel like I really, I really didn't pay attention to over the years. And so I feel like I'm having to almost learn things new again, and uh, and it's and it's really it's a very humbling place, uh, but it's also a really cool place because, you know, I I I want that to happen continuously. Like I would love for the Lord to just continuously teach me things new, again, and so that I don't miss anything, so that I don't miss any details, so that I don't misconstrue anything, so that I I see things for how God wants me to see them and how God wants them to be read and received, uh, you know, and, and understood. And so I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you today. And it was very interesting. And it really made me think about today. It made me think about, you know, the church today, how we operate in, 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 in things. So I want to read this to you real quick and I'll show you, um, I'll tell you where I'm going with it. So I've been reading in Philippians and, you know, Paul's writing letters to, you know, like he's, he wrote letters to the Corinthians and to Galatians, and now he's um, in the Ephesians, and now I'm in Philippians. And one thing that he said really caught my attention, and I even told my husband today, I was like, this is interesting. So I'm going to read this little portion of scripture to you. It's Philippians 4, if you want to follow along. Starts in verse 10 and um, goes to um, verse 20. So, uh, listen to, listen to this. I think this is really interesting. Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound 
In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, this is not what I'm talking about today, but I thought this was interesting because to me, this blows this blows prosperity gospel out of the water that says you will never go through times in your life where you'll be, where you will experience need. But it also blows the other end of the spectrum out of the water that says you're always poor because Paul says he experienced both. He's like, I've experienced times where I was in need, but I've also experienced times of abundance. So it shows that you can't live in either ex- boat of extremism. Anyway, let me continue. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians, now listen to this. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, or Thessalonica, I don't know how to pronounce it, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I thought it was very interesting that Paul talked to the Philippians and he said, going back to verse 15, I just think this blows my mind. He said, in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. So the Philippians were the only ones after he left Macedonia that supported him. No other church supported him. That's extremely interesting. But what's also interesting is when you go back into his letters to the Corinthians, uh, and I believe it's in, is it 2 Corinthians, okay? So Paul talks about, for the church in Corinth, that um, there were these false apostles that came. They, these, quote, super apostles that came and, and, and were teaching them another Jesus. They were teaching them a false, false doctrine, another Jesus. And they charged them for the gospel. You know, they charged them all this money. And apparently the Corinths bought into their false teaching and threw money at them. Um, Paul, on the other hand, when he was there, he did not want to burden the Corinthians. So he didn't ask for money. He, he gave them the gospel free, and, and we've talked about that in another podcast where even though Paul could have asked for support and said, you know, I, I require support as, as a man of God because, you know, because God says, you know, those that, that make their living preaching the gospel, you know, they, they should make their living by that, who, who live to preach the gospel, right? But Paul didn't do that. Paul said, I didn't want to present, you know, a stumbling block or anything like that. You know, I I didn't want to burden you, even though I was in need. I didn't want to burden you, so I did not charge you for the gospel. So they they almost, in a sense, looked down on Paul and thought what he taught was lesser because he didn't charge, but yet received these, quote, super apostles who taught a false doctrine and asked them for all sorts of money. How interesting that is in light of today, how church operates, how things operate. And he's like, I don't, Paul's like, you know, I mean, you know, if if any, and and he even goes into, you know, these super apostles that claim all of this stuff. And Paul's like, 
you know, if, if we want to boast about stuff, let me talk about all the stuff I've been through. You know, he's like, I only boast in Christ, but he's saying these super apostles present a resume to you as to why they're, they're, uh, they are, um, uh, not equipped. What do you talk about? How they're, uh, qualified. He's like, well, let me just give you my list of qualifications. And he gives this huge list, but Paul's like, but I don't boast in that. I boast in Christ. But what's interesting is, you know, he, he only received support from the Philippians at that time. And it, it baffles me because I wonder to myself, I'm like, why didn't the other churches support him? Why didn't he get, why didn't he receive at that time, you know, support from the other churches? Why, why, well, for example, with the Corinthians, why were they so eager to support these false apostles and not support Paul who was teaching the true gospel? So then it made me think, you know, are, where are we, where are we sowing today? Like, where are we sowing financially? Now, you guys know my stance on the tithe. So the tithe was an Old Testament law. And the New Testament doesn't talk about the tithe. The New Testament talks about being a cheerful giver. And that you reap what you sow. Those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. But those, you know, those who sow abundantly will reap abundantly, you know. And talks about being a cheerful giver. Give with a cheerful heart. And so I believe that the tithe today actually hinders giving because if someone, if, if churches require the tithe, people get into the mindset, again, that 10% belongs to God and then everything else is mine. When in reality, that is, that's not the reality. Okay. The tithe was for the, the Levitical priesthood and the Levitical priesthood has ended because Jesus is our high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek now. So but the tithe hinders giving because it it it, it gives this this um, mindset of only ten percent of what I have is God's, and then every but but everything else is mine. When in fact everything that we have belongs to the Lord. A hundred percent of what you have belongs to God. None none of it. We're just here to steward what God has give what God has given to us. But it is not ours. Right? So when you have the mindset that everything belongs to God, you don't live in this 10% mindset of as long as I give 10%, I'm fine. But when you get into the habit of everything that I have belongs to God, it's more of a spirit-led giving, whereas if God leads me to give, I'm going to give. Now, I know some people are going to be like, well, I give my 10%, but I also give to other people. That's great. I still believe that the tithe creates a limited mindset. But when you have a mindset of giving... And you say, you know, everything that I have belongs to God. So maybe God wants me to give 20% this month. Maybe God wants me to give this here, this here, this here. When it's more spirit-led and cheerful giving, then, you know, it may be, I'm going to pay for this woman's groceries. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give to this. I'm going to give to that. And you're giving. It flows more because it flows out of a cheerful heart because God is a cheerful giver. God loves to give. It's mirroring his it's mirroring his heart of giving, not going back to an Old Old Testament law in an old covenant and living under the law of that. Does that make sense? Now we are under a new covenant where, you know, it's, it's you reap what you sow. You give whatever you give. Given it shall be given unto you. And that's how we're to flow in, in, in giving. So I think about these churches, uh, I, th I think to myself, why didn't they, why didn't they support Paul? Because Paul, you know, was preaching the true gospel, but they threw their money at these, at these false prophets who were teaching a different gospel. And again, I almost looked down on Paul because Paul in his humility said, 
I'm not going to burden you guys. If you guys don't want to give, I have the, I have in God, I have the right to say, to require of you to give, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want that to be a hindrance to the gospel. And it made me think about today, where are we, where are we sowing our money? Where are we, the money, I don't want to say our money, but the money that God has given us to steward on the earth, where are we sowing our money? Where are we sowing our finances? Where are we giving to? You know, that they talk about putting, um, you know, putting money into good ground. And my husband and I have kind of gone back and forth about that before. Um, but it really makes me think about that because they gave. They get, I mean, the church in Corinth gave, but they gave to the wrong people. They gave to those that were actually enemies of the cross, that those that were preaching a false gospel and supported them rather than supporting the man that was carrying the true gospel. And it really puts things into perspective because, A, it shows today how if we don't have wisdom and discernment to recognize a false gospel, if, if, we, if we look at things through the lens of material wealth and not the wealth of the kingdom, we'll look at people who are materially wealthy and think to ourselves, man, they must truly be from God. Like let's let's look at the at the the realm of pastors today. If we're not careful, we can look at the ones that charge a ton of money and say, "Well, the reason they're charging a ton of money is because they they're closer to God. They they they've got it. They're this. They're that." If we look at people, if we look at pastors through the lens of through an earthly lens of finances and things like that, instead of through a spiritual lens of discernment of the spirit to see what is this person teaching? What are they teaching? You know, are they, you know, are they teaching the truth of God or are they teaching a different gospel? Are they teaching another Jesus? Are they teaching a false gospel? All right. When you examine them through, again, an earthly lens, you're going to be in trouble because you're going to end up throwing your money at the wrong person, at the wrong thing. Um, and I say this to, to myself because this really made me think about, you know, where our money goes and, and who we, where we plant our money. Now, I'm not saying, understand me, I'm not saying that pastors that may have a lot of money don't give money to them simply because they have a lot of money or, or simply because they chart or whatever. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, it just shocks me to see in the Bible, it doesn't shock me, but I'm just like, wow, that. Paul was carrying the true gospel of Christ and no one wanted to partner with him. No one wanted to partner with the man that carried the truth. And of course it mimics Christ because, you know, Christ, while there were some that received him, uh, he was rejected in majority. And so it kind of mimics that when, when Jesus is like, you know, you're going to suffer in the world, you're going to be persecuted. But it's just, but it made me think today. Who are we partnering with? And are we partnering with the right people? Is the church of God really partnering with the right people? And I almost think that needs to be like, for me, I, I almost now want to be like, maybe that needs to be a prayer in my heart that the Lord will lead me to men who are in women who are teaching the truth of God, that the, the finances that we have may go to, to advancing the kingdom of God, because we've all, we all know, uh, well, I'm not gonna say we all know some of us have experienced 
people that are not building the kingdom of God, but they're building their own people. They have their own kingdom. They have a, a, a false um, motive in, and it's really about more their fame and where they're going and they want to be on top of the world and it doesn't have, you know, and, and because of that, there's compromise, there's sin, there's all kinds of things, which compromises sin when you compromise on the gospel. But you know what I'm saying? There's all kinds of things that are there. And for those of you that have encountered men or women of God like that, you understand what I'm saying. Um, you know, well, you understand what I'm saying when you encounter things like that, when you encounter, uh, people that, um, that don't have the right motive. And it makes me, and so, and, and whenever you experience that, you certainly don't want to experience it again. Whenever you experience something like that, you're like, Jesus, please help me not support, you know, give me the discernment to recognize people that are building their own kingdom versus the kingdom of God. And it makes you more uh, cautious about where you, where you invest your finances. Not that you don't give at all, because of course, you know, God, God is a cheerful giver. And so our, our life is to be a, I believe we're just to be, we're just to give. We are to give where the Lord tells us to give and to sow and, and to those that are in need that's led by the spirit. Um, and, and there are going to be times, there are going to be times where God will press upon you to sow into someone. And it may be someone who's wealthy, but you know, whether it's someone who's wealthy or someone who, you know, doesn't have as much there are going to be times where god will, will tell will place on your heart for you to sow and it may not you may not understand why you may not understand why god's telling you to sow there but you don't have to it's just in obedience you say yes lord because there may it may not be the gift of money itself it may be encouragement behind that it may be something else it may be um it may be uh just a testimony to the promises of God in that person's life. You never know how God can use a financial seed, even one that it doesn't seem like on the outside that it's needed. But, you know, you trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. I feel like I'm kind of going in different directions, so please forgive me if my mind's kind of cuz my mind, you know how my mind, if you've listened to my podcast, you know how my mind goes that it it'll go down one road and then it'll split into four different roads. <laughs> But it's all going the same direction. Um, so, but anyway, I'm going to circle back to what I was saying before. I really think it's, it's really made me think like to pray like God, send me to the, send me to the men and women of God that are teaching the truth. But they are in need right now. They're not getting the support. They're almost like Paul. They're preaching the truth, but they're not getting the support from the people of God because either the people of God don't have the discernment to see that they are, um, that they are in need. Uh, or, or that people don't, or that the the people of God don't notice them because their vision is clouded by false apostles or false teachers that are that are draining them of money left and right. That are that that they are just throwing money at. It really makes me want to be more discerning. And you have to today. You know, one thing that I've said before that you need to pray for daily is wisdom and discernment. Pray for wisdom, discernment, understanding, not only of the word of God, of course, of the word of God, um, of the spirit realm, of what the of what the, the spirit of God is saying and doing. And, you know, and I'm not trying to make it some complex thing. It's not complex, uh, you know, because you receive. God says if you ask for wisdom, receive, but believe you have received it. Because those who don't believe they've received it are like they're like a ship tossed to and fro in the wind. They're unstable. They're back and forth. And it says, you know, the unstable man um, shouldn't think that they receive anything from God. 
you know, everything from God requires faith. Uh, but but to to pray and just say, God, give me discernment, give me wisdom. I receive it. I receive understanding and wisdom and discernment to 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 see. And God will give you revelation. He'll give you the revelation to see. And, and don't be shocked because sometimes it may even be revelation into the church you're a part of. Sometimes you may be you may even be a part of a church and God opens your eyes to reveal the true motive of the leadership and you're like, oh, uh-oh. And you may realize that maybe financially you're not sowing into the best place. Um, you know, you're not, so, you know, that can happen sometimes. Um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting today. And I think it's interesting because, um, because I'm trying to figure out how to word this without, without sounding redundant. I'm trying to, to figure out how to word this. Holy Spirit, please help me word this correctly. I just think it's interesting today in the world how money is a big is a big conversation in churches today. Uh in on for many different fronts and even my husband and I have struggled about that and having to dig in the word and see what God says about giving and and financially sowing and and is it right to charge for the gospel is it wrong? You know, we've had to dig and 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 dig into the word and dig and and really look at things and the Lord's taught me things, opened my eyes to things. It's just interesting because finances are a big deal. Money is a big deal. Um, you know, when it comes to the church today. And, you know, some people have different views of of or or, you know, trying to dig and search and and, and see what the Bible says about giving and about sowing and about reaping. Um and things like that. So I think it's interesting today especially when it, when, you know, cause we were talking about, and I talked about this in the podcast the other day, how, you know, there are some pastors that will charge this honorarium, but it's this humongous fee. And I don't know how I feel about that. I can't, I can't, I don't know. Because again, my husband will carry the idea of, well, if it's that much to, if it takes that much for them to run their church and all this stuff, then it's okay. But then the other part of me is like, I, is it, but do they need all of that? You know? So, I mean, I go back and forth about it, um, about all of that, but here's what I will say. Don't let money and finances be an indicator for you that someone is successful in Christ. There are plenty of people out there that are successful that have money and finances and things, but that aren't in Christ. They're successful, you know, I mean, the thing is, biblical principle of giving and uh, of reaping and sowing, of giving, it shall be given unto you. I mean, I mean, it even says in the Bible, it talks about God being a giver. And it says, if even the earthly even if even the earthly people know how to be how to give good gifts to their children, why why would your heavenly Father not also give you good gifts? So even earthly people understand giving, in that sense, you know, can understand that and can reap the benefits from you know giving, and it shall be given unto you, you know, sowing and reaping and things like that. Um, and even in 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 the the mindship the mind the mindship the mindset of stewardship. Um, but don't let finance don't let financial success be the ultimate indicator of whether someone is 
spiritually sound in preaching the truth of the gospel. Because there are some people that may be throwing money towards certain people that are preaching and because of, of the entertainment factor, because it's a good show, because it's, because it's fun, because it's whatever, you know, um, you never, I mean, people may give to, to leaders for all sorts of different reasons. Because here again, I'm going to go back and say these quote, super apostles that were teaching a false gospel and a different Jesus the Corinthians were, were, were throwing their money at them. They were charging heavily, and, and, and the, the Corinthians were throwing their money. Whereas Paul didn't charge out of humility, but they, didn't, they wouldn't support him. It was almost like he was lesser in their eyes because of it. So don't look, don't look at, at men and women who claim to be of God. Don't pay attention. Don't let the finances, the financial success and aspect of their life be a determining factor you know because some people are like oh well they have millions of dollars you know that they must be doing something right if they're having millions of dollars again there's lots of people today that are successful for example hollywood stars there are many hollywood stars that are very anti-god that are successful they have in in when i say successful i'm talking in terms financially they have lots of money, but but just because you have lots of money doesn't doesn't mean that you are of God. Doesn't mean that you're saved. It doesn't mean that you know Jesus at all. And so, in regards to the church realm, you've got to look the same way. Don't you know? Just because you see a pastor and he may not be making making a lot of money or being or receiving from people, that doesn't mean that he is preaching that he's not preaching the truth. He may very well be preaching that Paul preached the truth and didn't and only received support from the Philippians during that time um, period that he was talking about. Only received church, you know, support from the Philippians. So just because you see a pastor, and this is why I say that my mind has kind of flipped in regards to churches because the church today, the mindset in the modern church in America today is, oh. Um, you know, oh, the mega churches are powerful, and the mega church, well, the mega churches that that that's the place to be because God's overflowing and pouring and blessing. But my mindset has flipped because, you know, there's a lot of things that I see that are wrong with the mega church model in the form of discipleship. It's discipleship. It's it's extremely difficult. I want to see. I honestly want to see a mega church that actually does discipleship well. Like, it's successful at discipleship. Not salvation, it's discipleship. Show me one. I, I, I want to talk to them. I want to meet them. Um, to me, when I look at small, smaller churches and I look at pastors that have smaller crowds that they minister to, I look at the opportunity for discipleship being easier there. Because remember, Jesus discipled how many? Twelve. He discipled a small group. You know, a small group of people. 12. He could have chosen 100. He could have chosen 200, but he didn't. He chose 12. And I think it's almost like the, the acorn because how many trees are in an acorn? You know, how many people did, did 12 affect? I mean, I mean, you know, the gospel, I mean, you know, you, you see the effect all throughout the New Testament after Jesus ascended to heaven of what came, the fruitfulness that came simply from 12. So when I look at pastors that have smaller churches, I don't look down on them. I don't think, oh, well, they're dried up. They're this, they're that. There are churches that are closing their doors. There are things that are, you know, 
But I also look at them and I think, man, what a ripe environment for discipleship. You have a small group. And even if you disciple two or three, and they go out and they make disciples, then they go out and they make disciples. When you have that model and you have that the, the correct biblical teaching, discipleship, that model, that's very powerful because that's, that is, that's what Jesus did. He, he, he discipled 12. He made disciples. Um, and we know, well, know what happened to Judas, you know, Judas obviously went his own way. Uh, but he, but you know, the disciples that, um, other than Judas, I mean, they, they impacted a world. So we need to restructure our thinking. Because I think today, especially in America, we're attracted to anything that glitters. If it's glitters, if it's shiny, if it's this, if it's new, if it's, ooh, ooh, that's good, ooh, ooh. But even Paul said, you know, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Why wouldn't his messengers? Why wouldn't his messengers um, come, you know, I mean, his, his, even the servants of Satan are going to look like angels of light as well. They're going to look great. But you have to have the spiritual discernment. You have to know who Christ is. You have to know who you are in Christ. You have to you have to know the word of God. Have the discernment of the spirit to see past that. And understand that just because it glitters, glitters doesn't mean it's good. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to do one of these extremist things and throw a blanket and saying that every, that every minister that, you know, is, is succeeding financially um, or, or is financially blessed is a false to, I'm not going to do that. That's, I don't believe that's biblical. I don't believe that's biblical. You know, I, I don't believe in the, in the, in a prosperity gospel. Again, going back to that verse, I don't believe in a prosperity gospel that says you will never experience hardship in your life and that everything is, you know, you will, you know, God intends for you. I mean, God does want us to be prosperous, yes, but that you will never experience hardship or persecution or nothing. It's just, you know, flying high on a sailboat the rest of your life. Because Paul himself said, I've been, I've, there's been times where I've been in need, where I, I've had lack. But of course, God provided for him the whole time. You know, he didn't die of hunger. He didn't die. You know, God provided for him during that time. But he says, look, I've been in, I've had nothing. I mean, there's been times where, man, my clothes were like ragged. But then there's been times of abundance. And so it also, again, the other end of the spectrum that says, well, you have to live poor your whole life and you're never going to, you know. No, it's not that, you know, because Paul says, I've had times of, of abundance and need. And you even see when he receives from the Philippians, he's like, I've received your gifts. Thank you. I'm well supplied. You know, it puts a, puts a uh, you know, it sinks both of those ships. Um, so, I mean, there, you know, Paul even said, shows that he's been in both of those spots. And so I'm not going to throw a blanket over everyone and say, oh, it's only the, it's only the people that are poor today that have nothing that are, they're preaching the truth. And no, I believe what, what the scripture is communicating is don't necessarily look at leaders through the lens of money to turn, to determine whether they are true or not. Look at what they're teaching. What are they teaching? Because that's what it came down to with the Corinthians. It came down to, yeah, push the money aside and everything. Who, who taught the truth? Paul taught the truth of the gospel. Paul brought the truth of Jesus Christ to them. 
the super apostles were teaching a different gospel. They were teaching a different Jesus. That's what it comes down to. What are they teaching? And again, I say this in every podcast, but it's because it's so important. I'll say it till you get tired of hearing me say it. This is why it's important to read the word. This is why it's important to know the scripture. Because when you make the decision that you're going to sit under someone's teaching, you have to make, you have to test everything they say by the word of God. Everything they say by the word of God. And it's okay to go to these teachers and say, you know, first of all, if they're not preaching out, if they're not using scripture on Sunday, and if they're not showing you Sunday or, or whenever, where they're getting their passages, if there's not a lot of scripture in the sermons on Sundays, you need to be, that's a huge red flag. And you have every right to go to him and say, hey, or her, or her, and say, hey, uh, where did you get this from? What, what, what scripture did you, did you pull this from? Where did you get this from? Because, uh, you know, I really want to go back and read that for myself. And if they get angry because you did that, you might as well just go on home and walk away. Just leave that church because, <laughs> you know, any, any, any uh, leader that doesn't want you to read the Bible for yourself, huge red flag. Because, because God tells you to seek him. And even Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's important that you read the word of God for yourself. You know, but again, it's, it's not wrong to test teachers, to test them and say, hey, you know, can I get the scriptures, you know, where, where you saw this? And can you give me some other scripture and things like that? I used to, when I, when I uh, was teaching earlier, I used to not use as much scripture, but now I see that I'm using more and more scripture. I wouldn't know scripture that I was basing it off of, but still now I'm like, no, I really need to talk about the scripture and read the scriptures on my podcast and really go through that because I don't want people just accepting my word as truth. I want them to see there's scripture here and I want you to go look it up for yourself. I want you to go see it for yourself. In fact, let me give you the scripture on sowing and reaping because I think that's on a cheerful giver um, The that talks about giving cheerfully is 2 Corinthians 9 um, and it's 6. It's starting with verse 6 and uh, goes through 15. And it talks about being a cheerful giver and uh, sowing and reaping and things like that. So I wanted to go ahead and give you that so you guys can look that up and read that up for yourself. But, um, but yeah, this important to know the word of God because it comes down to the truth. Who's declaring the truth? And remember what I told you before, be careful of slight deviations from the truth, <coughs> slight deviations from the word of God, know it for yourself. So you in the discernment of the, the spirit can hear, ah, you know, he quoted that verse and, and said it in this context. And that's not, that's not accurate. And here's what I will say. Teachers make mistakes. Pastors make mistakes. And so if you do have, you know, if a teacher gets up and says something that that's wrong or that you scripturally you find that's wrong, it's okay to go to him in love, not in, you know, just anger, but go to him in love and say, hey, I wanted to talk to you about this verse um, because I wanted to, you know, to to ask you about this and talk to him and say, but, you know, scripture says this. And so I don't know if this was in the right context or whatever, because sometimes teachers can be ignorant. Sometimes teachers can be ignorant to the truth and think they're preaching something true. And then they go back and the Lord has to teach them and reveal. This is why it's important for someone who teaches, preaches, you know, whatever, always remain humble and teachable of the Lord. Because, you know, there have been times in, in my, again, in my past where I've taught things that were wrong and I had to go back and repent for that. And then I had to come back and say, okay, so remember when I said this, you know, I, 
I need to repent for that and I need to correct that. I think it's important whenever I, you know, if I teach something and the Lord shows me that wasn't accurate or what, you know, I, it's important to me to go back and address that, you know, as a teacher, because I, and let people know, Hey, look, I'm learning too. I'm, I'm digging through the word and I'm learning myself. And so sometimes I may read something and I may not understand it fully, but think I do. And teach that, and then it takes someone, it takes you know the Holy Spirit, whether through another person or whether directly, to say, you know what, you didn't, you don't, you don't have the, the full understanding of what that means. Go back and read it again, and make corrections. So pastors, teachers, you know, prophets, evangelists, they 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 are still human. They're not a hundred percent perfect. So just because someone makes a mistake doesn't necessarily mean they're a false teacher or a false prophet. You know, they're, but here's the thing. If they choose, this is, again, I'm not going to go through all that again, but this is why humility is important. And this is why it's important. Whoever you follow in leadership, that they have humility, because if they don't have humility, they're going to fall in love with what they think in the fleshly human mind is correct. And they will cut off the spirit of God. And then they will begin to think that the, the fleshly mind is the spirit of God. And then they will begin to operate through the flesh and not the spirit out of ignorance and pride and arrogance because pride goes before fall because attached with pride comes spiritual blindness. So anyway, I wanted to share this with you guys today. Um, and I hope this blesses you guys. I hope that, that this guys, that this gives you a new perspective on giving, but also on, 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 you know, where you're sowing your money and who you're sowing your money to. And I think what's again, let's pray together. In fact, I want to pray right now together and just pray that God leads us in giving like God shows us who to give to and here's the thing sometimes we also have to understand that people you know you don't have to lead a church to preach the gospel there are people that are preaching the gospel in their jobs there are people that that they are the living testimony of God they share Jesus with their co-workers which is what we're supposed to do we're supposed to be an example of the kingdom to the people that we to people that we work with, you know, kingdom example to them. And, and, uh, and so there are people out there that on their jobs at a factory or wherever they are, that they're sharing the truth of the gospel. And God may be saying, this person's making more disciples than, than, than this church over here. Pour finances into him, pour finances into her, you know, help them out this month with their groceries, you know, help them out. I mean, we got to get out of this perspective of because we because God didn't just look at the 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 teachers and, and apostles and all of them and say you guys are the only ones that are supposed to make disciples. No, we're all supposed to make disciples. Disciples are supposed to create disciples. They have a job of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and and edifying the I believe it was like edifying the body or whatever. They they have that responsibility to equip the saints so that they can go out and make disciples. But everybody, all of the disciples of Christ are called to make disciples of Christ. So understand that, you know, if you are in your job, you know, I mean, you never know how God works. I mean, if you're on your job or wherever you are and you are, you are um, ministering to others, the Lord may pour into that. The Lord may send someone in your life, but you know what? This is why we have to be receivers. We have to be not only cheerful givers, but we need to receive when someone gives to us, because God may have sent them to pour into you that God may send people sometimes just to donate to you and pour into you and say, look, 
you know, God told me to give this to you. And that may be God's blessing from above because he's looking at you wherever you are in your job, whether you're a waitress, factory worker, CEO, janitor, wherever, and you're ministering to your coworkers or you, you are an example of the kingdom and, and lives are being transformed because of the life that you live before them and the testimony that you are giving with your, with your mouth, with your life, God may say, that's where I want my, I, that's where I want funds to be sowed someone who is making a difference someone who is making disciples that is where he's going to redirect he may redirect people to give to you so don't stick in your thinking that oh it has to be pastor so-and-so apostle so-and-so it has to be them you know god does say to support uh the men of god and women of god that are truly uh making their living off off of the gospel yes we support them if they're if they're true men and women of god that are doing that uh but, you know, there's also people on, on their everyday jobs that are ministering to people. And I think some sometimes make an even bigger impact than, you know, others in higher, I guess, church authority or whatever is doing. So just don't don't be in a box with your thinking, you know, don't don't be. Don't be narrow with with your thinking and how you view things, view everything in the word of God and in the spirit of God. But don't be narrowed by some by thinking that's um, that can be um, narrow thinking that can be more of what the modern churches has uh, inserted versus you know an attitude of an attitude of um, giving according to God according to His Spirit. So anyway, all right, guys, love you guys. Have a great day. Let me pray real quick. I'm going to pray that that the Lord guides our giving. Uh, Lord, we we thank you, God, today for the opportunity to read your word, and that you, that you know you just show us interesting things in in the word that really can really teach us all kinds of different lessons. And I thank you for that, and I thank you for um, for just opening our eyes today, God. I just pray, Father God, that we would be that we would be cheerful givers, that because you have a giving heart. And God, you you love to give good gifts. It says that every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the, the Father of lights. And God, you know there are people um, that are in need. You know there are men and women of God that are doing your work that are in need, that are preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And that there are people on their jobs that are preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would redirect our finances. Redirect financially, God, where you want um, where you want your finances to go because everything belongs to you. God, send us to the Pauls, God, the, 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 the Pauls, the people, the, the men and women, God, that are, that really are, uh, preaching the truth of your word that are making disciples. God, show us through the discernment of your spirit and redirect our funds that these people can be supported. That not, not the super apostles, not the ones that are preaching a different gospel or a false gospel, but God, the ones that are preaching Jesus, the one that are preaching the truth of Jesus Christ. May our funds be redirected there in Jesus' name. Um, may we be sowers and reapers, God, for the kingdom of God. May we sow, God. And Lord, I, I pray that your spirit would, the Holy Spirit would guide our finances. Guide, guide it, and God, even if that, even if we don't understand it, even if we don't understand why we're giving to certain people, God, may we be obedient according to Your Spirit, led by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit all the way.
We love you, Lord. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to give because each day is an opportunity for us to give, to be a light, to be an example to those. And uh, we bless your name and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Um, I will come at you later with another podcast. Be blessed, okay?